All right, you guys, welcome to episode 36 of The Switch Room, the podcast that deep dives on the well-known and more importantly not so well-known hookups of your favorite reality TV stars. I am your host, Troy McGeady, and um, today's episode is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be um, a little bit of a departure from the normal uh, Smush Room episodes, but like also not a departure at all. Like It will totally fit in. It's just like the redheaded stepchild of the other episodes, but it's the Chloe. This episode is the Chloe Kardashian of all the episodes of the Switch Room. Um, we're going to be talking today about a little show that you may or may not have heard of called Pretty Wild. And I have my friend Brandon here with me who uh, kind of told me on the Facebook group that he wanted to talk about this. And I don't know what has taken me so long. Um, but we're going to be talking about <laughs> Tess Taylor and Ryan Cabrera's... Ale- I mean, it was a date. Let's just call it what it was. It was a date. And we're going to stretch this shit out. And it was a date. It was a date. Like, but it's just a, it's a good excuse to just talk about this show because we love it so much. Um, Brandon, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi. <laughs> Hi, I'm Brandon. I'm apparently uh, obsessed with... Well, I'm obsessed with all reality TV. And Troy knows I actually binge listen to all this most room. So when I was thinking of Tess and Ryan, I was like, this has to be an episode already. I was like shocked that it wasn't. But... Uh, <laughs> So I'm happy to talk about it, but uh, no, I'm an NYU student. Um, I was saying to Troy as well before that I am. I'm only I'm turning 21 in March. So while all this was happening, I was I'm the exact same age that uh, Tess and Alexis are on the same age that they were while they were filming the show, which was crazy when I ended up rewatching it. Yeah, that's like I mean, this is actually really funny because the perspective that you I'm like very interested in your perspective of these people because like Ryan Cabrera is like. Like, I have to remind people my age, like, I'm 29, and I have to remind, and I was in high school at, like, the height of Ryan Cabrera, I guess you could consider it fame, um, and I even still have to remind my friends that he existed, so, like, it'll be interesting to hear your perspective as somebody who didn't live through his, uh, his flash-in-the-pan hit single that is like, graced seven different fucking now, that's what I call music CDs, um, yes. But it'll be interesting, and I'm excited. I mean, like, we, you know, we both said this was uh, really just a date, but, like, this whole time in, like, pop culture, there was this, like, this, like, sort of short span of time where Ryan Cabrera kept dating girls on reality TV shows, and that was how he was, like, prolonging his career, I guess you could say. So, like, I can't wait to get into that. And it's all dated reality stars. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like looking at them now. They're like all, and not to be rude, but like you know, Ashley Simpson is famous, but like as, I don't think of her as a reality star. Like that's a dated reference to be like, oh, Ashley Simpson, the reality star. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And like, I mean, he just sort of like piggybacks off of people who are like also flash in the pan famous. Like he's never even been smart. And I mean, if this is what you're gonna do, you're gonna just make a career out of dating girls that will help you get more famous. He's never even had the sense, like, sense enough to be like, I should date somebody who may not be famous, who may not not be famous in a year. You know what I mean? Every single person he's ever hooked up with has, like, not really even been that famous a few months after, which is hilarious to me. Yeah, true. I mean, honestly, I don't want to be rude to Ryan Cabrera, but even just looking at him on Pretty Wild and seeing that, like, hairstyle that was going on, I don't... And not only do I not trust him to make any good PR moves, but I don't trust him about anything. <laughs> and I'm gonna, I mean that. His- <laughs> I really mean that. <laughs> even in the early 2000s, even at a time when we were leg warmers over like patent leather heels, even at that time, his hair was still 
no pun intended, very, it was pretty wild. It was, like, very, it was... It was pretty wild. What are you doing? The sides of your hair are slicked down. The top of it is sticking straight up into the air. And then the front of it is, like, all sort of gelled together in one, like, swoop. It's, he's, like, the front of it is, like, there's something about Mary thing happening. And it's, it's like a monster of his hair. I don't get it. Honestly, it's, it's, like, pretty wild. It's like the Pretty Wild Girls. It's it's a mess. It's a disaster, but polished as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That's first of all. That's my housewife's tagline. By the way, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take that. Too. We'll use it as our housewife's tagline. That's a good idea. I've always tried to think of one, and now we finally came up with it. <laughs> that's my favorite game. Anytime somebody says something, I'm like, thank you for my housewife's tagline. Like all day, I think about what I do the same thing. <laughs> What would your um what would your housewives like like how would you pose? Would you like spin around? Would you flip your dress? Would you cross your arms? Like what would your physical action be? So I've I've actually thought about this during my um board moments where I thought I don't know if I would do a full twirl like Camille Grammer style where she's like doing a dance move. I think I would just sort of pose to the side just my normal, you know how I pose for photos, pose to the side and just sort of stand there. I'd be very awkward. I'd want to think that I could like really kind of move and look great, but I know myself. I would be very awkward. The wind machine would be blowing in my face and it would I I I don't even like to picture it too much. <laughs> you what would you do well for one thing i think that i would do like i would want to assert myself as a powerful figure so i probably would cross my arms like i can just see myself giving like a very like sheree or caroline manzo just like a i would say leah black maybe if you will yeah i love it first of all an inspiration i love leah black and i would just i love her cross my arms and just give like a an all-knowing face i wouldn't get into any sort of twirling or moving around i just could see myself being really like either that or i would do the complete opposite and i would just like fucking twirl my ass off and like i don't know i also can see myself grabbing like the uh the slit of my dress like a taylor armstrong and like throwing it really hard okay I like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can. I can imagine that. Yeah. yeah. Some some know how to do the pose, and some don't. I'm trying to think of people who don't know how to do the pose. I can tell you the, one of the. Uh, this is so off topic because I'm now thinking of taglines. Just one of the worst people who gives like the worst readings of tag. There's also my fear that give like the worst tagline read is Kenya Moore, unfortunately, who I think is great. But she can never read her tagline. I know. The correct way. It it sounds like she's reading every word like with intent. Like it's just none of it's like natural. I agree with that. Unfortunately, and she really is great. She's the you know what I consider the Kristen Cavallari of the Real Housewives of Atlanta, which is a weird kind of comparison. But she cannot read that line. No, she doesn't. I, I actually I miss. Uh, I always felt like Phaedra was really good at like reading her lines. She knows when to like really amp up like the southern, like the like southern belleness of her voice. Like at moments, it's like really strong. And I was liked in her tag. Like, yeah. She would just literally turn into like, like a cast member from like Little House on the Prairie. Like she would just go straight, just like old. Stuff. Well, she, that is true. And Phaedra is really good at a read, and so she's very good at. And her taglines are usually pretty. I, I hate to use the word sassy, but they are. And so she's very good at reading that like that. Kenny, if you notice, just generally, and a lot of people have this issue, unfortunately, is that they're not. What's kind of about Kenya is that she's naturally, I would think, not very nice. 
and can kind of like really easily insult people, but she has a hard time doing like a funny sort of shade. Like that's not her thing. Like she can insult you and say that like you're a horrible person, but she can't like give like, like a clever read. She doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't have like. There's like a thing I feel like when you deliver a good like read, where like it's just like being comedic and like knowing when to like inflect your voice and make it higher and lower. Like she doesn't have like a comedic tone. Do you know what I mean? She just like. She did not, and she's not a good actress either. So I mean, you can see that with like, I, and I don't mean to actually about insulting her, but like she, but she, it's like you'd see it with every line she reads for anything. And she's just not; it's not her forte. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, that's my favorite like tangent <laughs> that I feel like I've ever gotten in on this podcast so far. Like dissecting. <laughs> kind of I'm glad. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. I mean, it's it's very fascinating. <laughs> um. So I. I'm very eager to ask you, like, when was the first time that you ever watched Pretty Wild? Like, when was this introduced into your life? How did it come about? So, Tell me everything. I, I hate to say this because um, it makes my parents look bad, but I was a big reality TV kid. So I was watching, like, Housewives when I was too young, uh, even Kardashians even a little bit. But Pretty Wild, I actually did watch while it was airing in 2010. So... Yeah, years ago. I watched it when it first aired, and I did not know who these girls were, because no one really did. Yeah. And I didn't really understand the gravity of it. So it came, I don't I don't remember exactly how it came into my life. Um, I think I just saw the hype around it when it was airing on E! News, and I knew the bling ring, so I knew this. there was this huge case going on, and I knew this sort of controversial, but also strange, and, and some people thought it was ridiculous, everyone thought, ridiculous reality show just kind of airing. I was fascinated with it, so I did watch the entire thing. And I ended up rewatching it with completely fresh eyes now. Um, only like last week I rewatched just for the podcast. So rewatching it, it was a completely different experience because when I, in 2010, I mean, again, I'm turning 21. So when I was watching it at whatever age that was years ago, I mean, that was not a great, I, I did not get it. Obviously very inappropriate to be watching. Yeah. Now watching it, I'm like, oh my God, this is not only disturbing and dirt, but it's just like the weirdest show that was been produced. I mean, that's, like, a really, like, that makes complete sense that that was, like, your, like, relationship with the show, I feel like, because it is one of those shows that I think it took, it's taken this long for people to sort of appreciate what this show was and this sort of, like, lightning in a bottle situation that was caught on camera. And, like, I feel like at the time, we were so, like, immersed in all this stuff and we were, like, immersed in the in the, the bling ring just in general and... You know, all of these, like, people on E! and on all these networks, like, trying to become famous. And, like, it was just, like, a little bit too much at the time. And I don't I don't know if anybody could have ever, like, really appreciated it for what it was back then. But now, like you said, like, it's... Going back and watching this every single time feels like the first time to me. Like, I've, I noticed more things. Yeah, and I'm... Trying to... No, sorry, go ahead. I'm trying to remember... Oh, sorry. I'm trying to remember. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm trying to remember because I was probably, give or take, like 12 years old when the show first aired. I'm, yeah, about 12. And I'm trying to remember, and I honestly don't, if I ever thought these girls were ever in any way glamorous. Like, I, and I hate to even try and think that because obviously watching the show now, they're not clear. They're clearly not glamorous for many reasons. 
But I was trying to remember, like, did I ever have, did I ever think these girls were cool? I don't think I ever did because they really did look pretty bad on the show. Like, they, they were never portrayed very well. Yeah. Um, they really never were. Um, but, yeah, like, I don't remember. I, I guess I probably did not. But I, at 12 years old, when you're watching a show like Pretty Wild and you're seeing these girls and just, and the way the show came about was so strange because it was essentially just, to me, it seems like they were just, and we can get into the history of it when we want to, but just they were fans of E and they're like, we want a Kardashian show. It's like giving, it's like, this is back when you were giving fans television shows, which wasn't happening often, obviously, which is why Pretty Wild for many reasons was so strange. It's like, it's like putting me in Housewives because I'm a fan of it. Like, that's what that feels like to me. And I, he took my dad's like, but that's what it feels like. It feels like throwing me on Housewives because I'm a fan. And they're like, okay, you can have your show now. Like, and that's what it feels like when you're watching it too. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, like, they definitely. There's a sense of, like, not understanding why. Like, when you watch this show, even now, one of the things that has not changed for me from watching it then... Well, let me just say first that I did not... I actually did not watch Pretty Wild when it first aired. I was like, I, I don't... Like, I was like, I don't care. I don't care about these, like... First of all, I've always had a weird relationship with, like, e reality shows just in general. Like, even back then. Um, I just... You know, if it wasn't, like, the Kardashians or like way before then like i loved like you know girls next door and like all like the early e like obviously the anna nicole show um like the early e reality shows but then they've like gotten to this like and it's still kind of there with like those like ww fucking divas and like they just produce really really like glossy scripted cheesy very cheap looking fake reality shows and i was like i'm not gonna get into this yeah you know what I mean? Like, it's just not, like, if you're a reality kind of yeah. show the way that people like you and I are, and the people that listen to this podcast, like, I know, I can, I can blind taste test a fucking reality show, and I'll know, I'll know which one is Bravo, and I'll know which one is E. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not, it, it's, I, I just was like, I'm not going to get into well, it. absolutely. I agree with you. E, e reality shows versus Bravo reality shows are produced very differently. If I can just say on a production level, one of the things I noticed were pretty wild, and I kind of forgot that E was doing this because I don't really consider E doing this that much anymore with the shows, is that yes, they were oddly polished, but an E reality show, like Pretty Wild, it is very, I don't know how to, like, frenetic, it's just, I don't know how to describe it. It's so frenetic and so fast. You are on a scene for less than a minute and a half. Yeah. Like I was noticing this while I was watching the show. You are not sitting on a scene. It is bouncing around in a way that is so jarring. So it could be 30 minutes and not like a full hour. And it, it is very polished, but it's also so poorly edited. And I have to give Bravo credit. Their shows are not normally like that. It just seems like they have a little bit more money behind them, which may not be true, but, uh, but that's what it feels like to me. Cause you can, you're just, you're resting in a scene, at least on Bravo for, I know with their e shows, you can kind of rest on a scene for more than a minute, but these scenes, you're sitting on them and pretty well for a minute and a half and then you're bouncing around. It is one of the most jarring shows to watch on television. It really is. First of all, I can't believe that you just said that because I have an entire section of my notes literally titled in bold jarring. Um, of just like, <laughs> the assault on my senses when watching this show, like, and it never <laughs> failed. Like, it is first of all, everything about it is jarring. Like you said, the editing is jarring. The music everything. is jarring. The way that it, the, the the way that they speak to each other is jarring. Their voices are jarring. The interaction Ooh. between the family is very. Um, it's like it takes you a minute to really like get 
comfortable even like watching this show and then I have one of these weird experiences with a show like this and like I don't know if you feel like this but this has happened to me like a handful of times that I can really recall like it happens with the Anna Nicole show whenever I go back and watch it but like the situations that they're in are so insane that I can't even Mm -hmm. believe that I'm watching like a mother photograph her daughter topless in a bathtub like I'm like holy shit like this is not really happening but then after you watch like an episode or two if you're binging it after like an hour or so you get so immersed in it that you start to sort of lose sense of like how insane this is so like certain situations become very like normal well i think as well um i can imagine that the editing is so crazy because i mean i and i was always i was starting to forget this as i was doing the rewatch now that this was a very serious serious situation referring to the bling ring that alexis was in and so when we're trying to produce a reality show i'm uh when you're trying to produce a reality show about party girls in hollywood like wannabe socialites as well as adding like as well as adding this major court case, you could tell that the producers were trying very hard to not make this look as serious as it was, but also at the same time giving it some sort of weight, so it's some sort of tension in the show. In that way, it's uh, not good. I mean, I will, we can get into this whenever, but I was reading the Bling Ring by Nancy Jo Sales, the book, and so she was getting into the fact that the producers didn't believe that Alexis actually committed a crime for the most part. So it, could, so it gives me, in my mind, I'm like, okay, that makes sense why they're trying to do this whole thing where it almost looks very light, like why it looks so, well, it doesn't look as grounded. If you know what I mean, like to me, the court case did not seem as serious as it actually was in the show. I knew they were trying to make it look a little serious, but they weren't doing a good enough job of that, in my opinion, because at the same time, I think they really did not think that this was going to be as big of a deal as it was. So watching it back and knowing how big of a deal it was, sorry, I'm rambling. No, you're fine. It really was just, again, a jarring watch. I mean, you're completely right. Like, for a girl who was, like, facing six years in jail, like, not only do Tess and, I mean, not even really just Tess and Alexis, but their whole family, like, they all sort of have this very, like, you know, they have moments of being very, um, I guess, sort of, like, worried. <laughs> I don't know. Like, they, they have moments of feeling really, like, pressed about it. But then, they're for the most part, it just feels like this sort of inconvenience in their lives. Like, when is this going to be done so that we can go back to, like, traveling and doing photo shoots and, like, modeling. Like, I can't believe I can't, you know, do... I, like, I don't get to do New York Fashion Week and model like bedazzled thongs this year because of this fucking case like when will it be done like it's it, there was no weight on it like you're facing six years in jail it was never that this case was it was never that my life right now is about this case it was always about at least the way the show portrayed is that this case was getting in the way of my life which yeah really blew my mind really i mean if i was alexis i would not be out of bed i would not be getting out of bed if i knew that i was in court for something like this so we should just, like, go ahead now and, like, let's really introduce these people, like, who each member of the family is and how they all sort of correlate to each other. Okay. Um, we should probably start with Alexis. She's kind of our crown our crown jewel. She's the princess of the family. Um, so she's... Yes, yeah, she is. She's this, like, aspiring model actress and a former pole dancing instructor. Um... And, like, you know, Alexis just has this, like, completely sort of delusional perspective on not only, like, where she is in her life and, like, what her life will become, 
but like we spoke about just now, like about this case, like she just sort of lives in this, um, this very like flighty sort of like youthful, almost like preteen mindset of like, I'm going to be a star. And like, she has this also like really inflated ego and like inflated sense of self that like, she will be somebody who changes the world for the positive and like for the better. And like, she sees herself as this like Gandhi type character. Um, <laughs> it's like very yeah. weird. Yeah. <laughs> Do you mind if I say um, how she was found? Uh, Cause I, I just, I know this and I'm sure you know this too, just from the research, but again, when Nancy Joe sales was talking about it in her book of how her and Tess were found, which was, um, uh, yes, they were both model actresses, wannabes, living in Westlake Village in the suburbs of L.A. They were Hollywood party girls and sort of getting into the scene. And I didn't know this. I always knew that Chelsea Handler produced the show. But actually, comedian and actor um, Dan Levy, who I did not realize was a producer before he became an uh, before he was acting, um, knew them from the party circuit. And so I think, um, and we'll talk about Tess, Alexis specifically and Tess said to this guy, Dan Levy, um, we want to, we want to be like the Kardashians. We want to be like, them. we want to have a show like them. And he was the one who brought Alexis and the family to Chelsea Handler saying we need to pr- produce the show. And so this could be a fun reality show to follow them around. And like, okay, first of all, I didn't know either that Dan Levy was like doing, like I had no idea that before doing research for this, that he was involved in this at all. And I read that Me neither. they kind of like, you know, they had just sort of one day decided, like, we want to be models and actresses. Like, they had never really had any sort of, like, you know, acting pursuits before. They had both done, like, one really low-budget, like, straight-to-DVD team movie together. And um, that they really, like, were looking for ways that they could, like, fuel, which, like, will obviously get into their drug habit. Absolutely. But, like, they were looking for ways to, like, fuel their drug addiction. They were like, how can we make, like, a shit ton of money really quickly and become famous at the same time like let's just like become models and they're like they're both like okay and like this was all (laughs) money for drugs which is like insane yep yeah and that was and that's sort of the biggest i think one of the biggest revelations of this whole story for tess and alexis and the family that this was never always about fame it was a lot of it was just sustaining a drug habit majorly And then as far as, so Tess Taylor is, she's an adopted family member. She was at the time estranged from her mom, like 10 years or so. And uh, she, again, is uh, an aspiring model actress. Um, She was a Playboy cyber girl. Um, And Tess is really interesting to me. Like, I know that Alexis is the star of the show, but I am really, I don't know. I just, for some reason, really latch on to Tess. Because somehow she manages through this entire experience to, like, slip between the cracks and on the show as if, like, you know, Alexis is, like, you know, she's the fuck-up of the family. She's the one that, like, got herself into all this trouble. And, you know, there's even, like, a scene in in the show where they, you know, they're, like, they plan, like, an intervention for Alexis and they're going to confront her about her drug habit and, like... You know, Tess was doing all of the same things. <laughs> like, like they were literally yes. all of the same stuff at the same time. And somehow Tess manages to sort of just slip, slither around and never really get caught in anything. She never gets blamed for anything. 
She never really gets any no. in any trouble for her involvement in the bling ring. Like she just sort of is there. It's weird. And that must have been so. Um, they must have had so many arguments off camera about uh, Alexis and Tess about this because Tess really was not involved. And odd, oh, well, she was involved, but she it didn't look like she was. And oddly enough, and I and I'm glad you even noticed this too. I think um, it feels so strange. Pretty wild, actually. Seems to be a lot of the time through through Tess's eyes. I think we got into the show through Tess's eyes, like through Tess's perspective. I don't know why exactly. I, you're right. They did portray Alexis the fuck up, which makes sense because of the bling ring, of course. But Tess, oddly enough, was our way into the show. I remember they introduced her first, basically, and was like, I'm Tess. Like, I'm this. And like, yeah. she, and I have to, I have to give her credit. She seemed pretty eloquent throughout the entire show. Like, Tess, to me, never, um, and I shouldn't have expected this, but Tess never seemed to be, no offense, a, a dumbass to me. Like she was on the show. She always seemed pretty coherent and eloquent and maybe not the sharpest tool in the shed, but she never seemed like dumb the way that sometimes Alexis came off. Oh, 100%. I 100% agree with you. She's like, Tess has got like some definite, you know, she's very, um, I could see her being like very manipulative and I could see how like she did sort of slither her way out of this because even during this time, like they're both, there are moments where you can tell that Alexis is fucking high off her ass. Like, she, you know, can barely speak. Yes. Her eyes are completely dimmed. She, like, is slow. You can totally see it. You can totally tell. And it's like, you know, at some points it's actually, like, really uncomfortable to watch the family interact with her and pretend that they don't know. Whereas with Tess, even though they were both doing drugs together and they had the same exact drug habit and the same addiction... Um, she really knows how to, like, clean it up. Like, she knows how to, like, present herself in a way that makes her seem like the not bad one. I never, I don't remember yeah. any moment on this show thinking, like, oh my god, Tess is so high right now, she can barely talk. Like you said, she was always very well-spoken. They interview her way more than they do Alexis. She's in the show way more than her, I think. She is, and the weird part is, too, is that, um... You know, I've heard since the show, and again, reading the book, um, and just, and reading, of course, the famous Suspect for Louboutin's article, um, that, you know, the people in the bling ring have said that she's, like, maybe not the nicest person, um, and that she is, and I actually did use the word manipulative, but on the show, she, I have to say, seemed pretty sweet. She seemed like a pretty nice girl. Yeah. (laughs) Who, um, she really did, and Alexis, I can't say the same for Alexis, I mean, you see Alexis kind of flipping out many a times on the show. She didn't seem, like, totally nasty to me, but she seemed like she was just able to flip to anger really quickly, and was just very frustrated and didn't quite know how to express it. And, and again, once we know how on drugs, um, so yeah, it was, it was interesting. Yeah. Tess, you're right. To me, is on the show a lot more than Alexis. And then there is, the and they seem to really follow her. There's their younger sister, Gabby, who also I find really, really fascinating. Cause so Gabby's like the baby of the family. Mm-hmm. She's very conservative. Um, she turned 16 while they were filming the show. Uh, and she just, you know, Gabby really craves normalcy and structure and boundaries. Like, Essentially, she craves being parented um, and, like, sort of having, you know, their home feel like a safe environment. And, you know, she seems to be the most sort of outwardly affected by this, like, insane environment that her mom and her sisters have created around her. Um, like, she's just completely out of place. And she it's, it's sad because I feel like, I don't know, the experience that I had while watching this was, like, I felt really bad for her because she 
she seems very sort of like untainted by the whole situation, but also the most vulnerable. And I was just like, God only knows like what will come of this girl's life. Like she is so impressionable right now. And like her entire outlook on life is like based around her sisters, like for a majority of their lives, they were homeschooled. And like, I don't know, just, it felt like I was like afraid for her a lot. <laughs> you guys, I hate to cut you off, but at this point, I think you know the drill. You've got to be a Patreon member to hear the remainder of this episode. So go to patreon.com slash ebpsychos. At that point, you will uh, be asked to donate. And then when you donate at this level, you'll get this podcast. You'll get the remainder of all the episodes every single week. You'll get Liz Bentley's Feathers in My Hair, which is the Teen Mom podcast. Um, you'll get me and Molly's uh, Brittany and Kevin Chaotic special. You'll get all the stuff that Molly does exclusively through Patreon. It's well worth it. And also, if you're not a member of our Facebook group, go to mollyandthepsychos.com. It'll take you straight to it. And uh, all we do all day and all night is talk about reality TV. It's super fun. So, like I said, patreon.com slash ebpsychos and mollyandthepsychos.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.